This is Pod's Burgers, a podcast chronicling a Bob's Burgers obsession. Yeah, it's good. Is I it am. Good shit? It's good shit. I realized um, when I was doing my research for this episode that um, I had a bunch of um, browsers open where I was looking up the insanely long names of indie band songs. Mm-hmm. And it was just funny. Why were you doing that? Well, you remember the last time we were talking about um, that, uh, I can't remember what it was that we were saying that it could have been the name of an indie band. Yeah. Or a song. I edited most of that conversation out, but I left the beginning. Okay. <laughs> it was I a just, really long conversation. About it really long. was. Uh, I have, I, I have a, a tendency to have way too many browser tabs open at any given time. Me too. I usually keep them because I think I'm going to go back to them. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes I do and then, you know, take care of them. It's almost like a to-do list for me. Yeah, same, except most of the time I just get so many that my uh, computer crashes mm. and I never actually go back. Do you open a bunch on your phone too? Yeah, that one's easier to not notice though because right. they're all... No, that's true because they're not all squished mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. L- let's do an experiment. Open it up and tell me what your oldest one is. My oldest one? Yeah, the one that's Is that like the one at the bottom? The one at the top. The one at the top. Yeah. I mean, to be real, sometimes they'll pop up in the middle, so it's not really a, a perfect... <laughs> it's the Wikipedia entry for World War II. Mine... <laughs> Mine is Whimsical Wonders of Medieval Art Birds. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> really good the next one down for me is the wikipedia entry for Raphael lemkin he is the person who actually coined the term genocide because he uh uh very accurately said that if something doesn't have a name it doesn't have as much power so the fact that this was happening and there was no name for it was very disturbing to him so he coined the term when was he when did he live Oh, um, 1900 to 1959. Really? I didn't realize that word was that new. He, uh, coined the term genocide in 1943 or 1944. Oh, wow. So right when... Yeah. I mean, that's... The most famous genocide yeah. was happening. That's Interesting. why he did it. Interesting. We um, learned about it when I was in Ukraine. So oh, that's really fascinating. Mine is, um, how to remove hairspray residue. <laughs> And then a, a little while, he keeps scrolling, and it's things like a uh, recipe for scotch broth. And yeah, you know. I mean, I have, yeah, a lot of really ridiculous things, but okay. I don't think I have any pre show show. No, most of my, I, I actually have a lot of housekeeping this Oh, time. you do? I only have one. But I will say this about the pre show show. But I am disturbed that we have not talked about. St. Michael McDonald, hallowed be his beard. Jen, you have to just, you have to just be patient. I know, but clearly we are not letting him live in our hearts. I, 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 I maybe. Because it's, it's, it's not coming up. Is this like a modern day Job that's going on here? No, not Job. Jonah. Jonah's the one that was ungrateful. <laughs> I mean. Jonah. We're going to get swallowed by a fish. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I was going to start talking about uh, that we're watching Veep and there's a character Veep. named Jonah on Veep and it's not interesting. And then I went ahead and said it anyway. I was wrapped just then. Thank Cheers. You. <laughs> Cheers. 
We're drinking martinis this evening. We had to really slowly cheers, though, because they're very full. Mm -hmm. Brittany is drinking a vodka martini, dry up. Mm -hmm. I am drinking a gin martini, dry up. I would love it if there were a twist, but I have no citrus in this house. Okay, so I uh, I looked up the swanky panky recipe. Just so happens to be one of my browser <laughs> tabs. Ah, and I I have just I watched the video but forgot. It, all there's of it. so many ingredients in it. Yeah. I just I haven't had time to go get them. So I just we're I need gonna to, do it though. Need to make it happen. We're make gonna it happen. do it. I also have to make a flaccid raspberry. That's not a drink though. That's a dessert. So just. Just reminding you all of the history of our world. I'm so tired. I'm sorry. I know. It can be so stressful brain-wise and physically to go into a new environment. I started a new job and I'm deeply in the I'm an idiot phase of learning a new job. Everybody goes through it. Don't pretend you don't. No, it's true. I, I like to believe that I'm not actually an idiot, but man, I walk around feeling like an idiot eight to 10 hours a day. I don't, um, I, I can confirm that you are not an idiot. It's just very difficult, especially when you've been, you have been at a job for a significant amount of time and you're the go-to to be the one who's trying to, um, find the answers. So I, I understand my, um, I was at a job for 13 years and then went to a new one Mm -hmm. and it was just like, I had to keep reminding myself every hour of every day these people don't know me. They don't know that I, how capable I am. I just have to. What? Why are you laughing? Can you not hear my dog growling oh. in the background? Why are they growling? I don't know. He saw something through the gate. Did you see a kidder wither? No? Sorry. All right. That's fine. That's fine. <sighs> okay. That was fun. Let's start. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I had fun. I've missed you. Oh, I know. I've missed you too. It's it's been a while. It's been a while. The last one we did, we, re- we released on the 22nd. Oh, motherfucker. We recorded on the 20th. So we can crank this out. I, I, I already, I've, I've started my notes on the next episode. We can do another one this weekend if you'd like. We can just. Sure. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it. Okay. Kay. Should we start? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Go. Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> the dog just goes. <laughs> He's just quietly, he's not even looking out the door anymore. He's just quietly growling to himself. <laughs> it makes it, it's like humming and singing. Okay, let, let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Let's okay. do it. Let's okay. do it. Okay. okay. Well, hi. Hello, friends. It's Pods Burgers. Here we are. I'm Jen. I'm Brittany. Tonight, I get this name wrong every time. We are going to be talking about longtime listener, First time Bob. Oh, I have to job. concentrate to not what, say that back. What do you oh long time listener, first time Bob? No. That that, that is, is. <laughs> No, I always <laughs> want to say first time listener, long time Bob. Bob. Because he has been a Bob for a long time. Long time no see. Um so yes. Uh, what I'm excited about tonight is that I didn't have to write the recap. Oh, is that what you're excited about? I mean, there's a few things I'm excited about. Yeah. Mainly this her- here martini. Yep, that's good stuff. All right, should I? You want to do your housekeeping, or should I do mine she first? She clearly just did not give a shit. No, <laughs> yeah, I did. It's great, then. Well, it's... I just don't know why it stresses you out so much. I try to empathize, but it's just like, 
just make some word sounds. Okay. Um, yes, you can. Well, actually, let me start because I only have the one. Okie dokie. Um, so as we have mentioned over and over again on this here podcast, I do all of the uh, editing. And um, because of that, I'm also responsible for interacting with the um, podcast hosting service. And looking at our stats. Yes. And oh yes. I was looking at our stats and two things came out of that. One is we had hit ten thousand downloads, which was really super exciting, but we're now at eleven thousand downloads. Righteous. So that's pretty damn exciting. So thank you, listener friends. Dear that's amazing. Strangely but appreciatedly good looking. <laughs> listener friends we have really good looking listener friends we do and we also have um tolerant listener friends we do i love the story of our lives though right yeah i i love all of you you're you're completely amazing and i and here's the other thing i am i alone am responsible for the instagram uh, account and Part of that is because I'm just way too lazy to figure out how to get Brittany on there. So those of you who have commented or sent messages and have not received replies, that is directly my fault. And it's because I've started a new job and I just have no time for anything. So don't think that I don't love you. I can help. I know. Just hook me up. You just need to get Brittany in there. Yeah. Um, okay. But. You just called me Brittany. Uh, Brittany. That was weird. It was. So the last thing that I wanted to say about the stats is uh, I went in and looked at, there's a a location where you can see the locations of listeners. And for the last, um, the, the chunk of the last, I think it's 10 episodes, by far our number one listening city, Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, uh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a whole bunch of witch ghosts just coming all up at us. Why Ow. Salem, Massachusetts? We, we are welcoming to our Salem, Massachusetts I mean, listeners. Yes, but I'm, welcome, welcome. I'm unaware of any specific uh, listener friends who are in Salem, Massachusetts, but drop us a line. Thanks we, for listening. We would love to hear from you. So much, though. I mean, it, it, it repeated listens. I'm confused. That's, I think that's wonderful. It is wonderful. But yes. hello, Salem, Massachusetts. Shout out to y'all or, or one of you. I have no idea. Who listens to every episode like 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> that is a committed listener right it really there. Is, it yeah. really is. Okay. Right. That's all I had. Wonderful. Well, hello, Salem. Uh, okay, so I'm just... Uh, you spilled your martini. I know, I blurted. Party foul. I, I, I'm thinking I might suck it off the table. Please do. <laughs> Should I do it right now? Yes. I'm going to suck it off the table, yes. you guys. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Drink. <laughs> I was going to do it. it all. I wasn't. She was going to go... I think they can guess. Drink, drink, drink. Did you guys hear that? No booze was spilt on this day. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. 
So the first thing I'm going to do, because this amuses the fuck out of me, um, there's this whole block of my notes for my housekeeping. And um, it goes like this. Two Two boobs, one vulva, easy beaver. Zeke and Tina. He doesn't pursue her too much. Is this why he wrestles Jimmy Jr. so much? We have a Twitter. Bruno Mars, apology for finesse. I like your pants. They're pretty swank. Okay. So pick one out. Pick one out and I'll talk about it. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. Are those these... Are, those are all different topics and just you read them together, it's just this amazing stream of consciousness. But I mean, those aren't old. Those are... Right. So, oh. two boobs, one vulva, easy beaver. Uh-huh. We were supposed to be calling each other two boobs, two boobs, and one vulva or easy beaver. Remember? No. You wanted to go by <laughs> two boobs? You don't remember this? I mean... I remember two boobs from that episode, but no, I don't. But I, I, I'm into it. Call okay. me two boobs. There you go. Um, Zeke and Tina, um, I was on the Bob's Burgers fan page and saw that somebody had posted, hey, who's, uh, who are you rooting for for Tina to end up with? And Zeke was one of the options. It's one of the ones where you press a reaction for mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as a voting tool. And... Um, I started pondering this because somebody had commented that um, they like the fact that he obviously shows affection for her, but is not too aggressive about it. Yeah. And I was like, is this why he just like tackles and wrestles Jimmy Jr. so much? And I think it's just because he likes to wrestle Jimmy Jr. Wait, is why? Because he... Because he's like frustrated. And so he just tackles Jimmy Jr. And um, we keep forgetting to mention that we have a Twitter. So we, we do. We twit now. We, well, <laughs> we kind of twit. I mean, we're, we're still figuring it out. You guys, we're trying so hard. I just, do you, so have you gone in and like followed people? Cause I, I have not. I, I, I can't figure it out. I feel like, I feel like I followed a couple of listener friends back. Like yeah. maybe Kate. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I can go in and check it out. Um, my son was over and I was like, just staring all consternated at Twitter. And, and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out who liked this tweet because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. can't tap on the thing. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> if there was a weird jump cut there, it's because I had to save my dog from making himself bleed. I just sweated so hard. You okay, buddy? Don't scratch your head. <sighs> okay. <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm staring at Twitter and, and my son comes over and he's like, what, you know, how do, what are you doing? And I'm Does like, Does he use Twitter? Yeah. Can oh, he run our Twitter account? Uh, sure. And he can just like feed to us what, what is happening and we can tell him what to do in response? I can ask him. His job doesn't really make it easy for him to do things during the day, but mm. we can approach him about it. Anyway. Hey, listener friends, is there anyone who wants to be our admin for our Twitter? Yeah, we fucking don't even know, you guys. Seriously. I don't know how to use Twitter. I'm sorry. I I work in the digital online... Thing. Internets. (laughs) The webs. And I cannot figure out Twitter. Yeah. All right. So uh, if anybody wants to help us with Twitter, eventually um, Elliot just reached over and tapped on the tweet. And it opened it up and showed me who. Was. Are we selling this? You guys really want to come <laughs> and join up on Twitter because we? It'll just be like us typing in our Google search. <laughs> um, I just would like to. Oh, are we done with that topic? 
I'm done. Yeah, y'all help us for fuck's sake. <laughs> just, just fucking help us. Um, uh, I just want to officially apologize to Bruno Mars, who I know is an avid listener of this podcast, oh, because yeah. you know I I've said before, and I'm not changing my opinion. I'm not a huge fan of his music, but I just need to add some um, qualifiers to that, um, and then apologize. Um, anyway, I, I don't mind his, uh, more recent music. It's just his older music just makes me want to stab myself in the face. The lyrics are insipid and horrible and the sound is basic and boring and it made me Why angry. Why are you talking about this right now? Have you talked about Bruno Mars? On yes, this pl- I, I have. Multiple times. <laughs> Multiple times? Yes. How did Bruno Mars come up? I There was the time that I couldn't remember his name and called him Leviticus. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just, was early on. Yeah, but mm-hmm. there's, I mean, just generally, when we talk about music, sometimes that just comes up. But the one the one I need to apologize for is the fact that uh, I said that he misspelled the name of uh, his song, Finesse. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it was because my radio just cut the E off the end when it was showing me on the oh. thing. So, sorry, Bruno Mars. For getting up in your business. And you know what? If you want to artistically misspell a word, I'll hate you, but you go for it. Just go for it, dude. You go for it anyway. I mean, as long as it's artistically misspelled. Artistic or whatever. Um, And then the last thing is I was in the... (laughs) Sorry. I was in the elevator with a a co-worker. And uh, he had held the door for me. And he, he was dressed natalie. Um, that Did is, he look neat? <laughs> Did he have a neat jacket? I actually thought about this as I was saying this. He was wearing he was wearing some um, trousers mm-hmm. that were uh, not really plaid. It was just an interesting. It was gray with a white pattern that's sort of a plaid, and mm-hmm. it, it was they were very nice. And so um, he held the elevator door for me, and I got in, and I said, <laughs> I said, "Hey, I like your pants. They're pretty swank." And then I just looked forward, and I was like, "Was that like?" I try to put myself in the perspective of a young person. Yeah. Like, is that an okay compliment to get from an old lady? Swank? Pretty swank. It's is probably an old older term. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that was me. I was trying desperately in my head, I'm like like going through my catalog of what is okay to say about this kid's pants. You should have just said neat. I should have. Your your pants are neat. Those are sure neat. Look at how neat you look. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. That's all I got. Okay. Well, then I guess we're ready to go. Let's do it. I got my notes ready. Okay. I'll interrupt you at will. Do it. Uh, Long time listener, first time Bob. Um, In the opening. Excuse me. Oh, God. Booze burp. Um, hey, did you notice I left your belch in the last one? I did. It was amazing. <laughs> that was a pretty little it burp. Actually, when I listened to it later, when I was editing, uh-huh. it sounded like I'm the one who belched. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because I was the one talking when you... Anyway. FYI, people, um, it's always me. <laughs> this, is a, this is a true fact about Jen. Are you ready, listener friends? I'm ready. I don't know how to belch out loud. I want to because it sounds like it would be very... Um, it's, satisfying. Oh, it is, man. Sometimes it's so good. But I've never done it. I've never belched out loud and I don't know how. Do you throw up when you try to belch? No, I just... 
<laughs> Nothing happens. Jen just made the most amazing gaping mouth face just then. It was... Nothing. I, I, I feel like I'm using the wrong muscles to try to make it happen. I don't know that there are burping muscles. You have to kind of open up all of the bits. Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. I don't know. So anyway, have you ever heard me belch out loud? No, See, I haven't. She's and, known me. That's that's the thing. My entire that's life. why I said guaranteed it's me. It's always me. <laughs> always, always. And I was very proud of that cute little bel- belch. It was a cute hey, belch. I remember when we were kids asking you to belch the alphabet and you got pretty far and it was, it was good. I still remember that it was on Holly Lane, mm-hmm. which is where we lived when I was in kindergarten and first grade. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the delight yeah. of sitting there at the table and listening to you belch the alphabet. It's good stuff, man. I am a multi-talented individual. <clears throat> anyway. All right, let's do this. So opening credits, I just want to point out um, the rods must be drapey. I'm bringing that up because I'm pretty sure I was the only kid in third grade who had seen that movie. Well, I had. The, yeah, but you weren't in third grade. In first, yeah. Yeah. The gods must be crazy is what's that re- what that is referencing. And I, I, I kind of go back. It's real and, sad. I know. But I go back and forth about that movie because it's like, is it political commentary? Is it racist? Is it just lighthearted? You know, like, so anyway. Yeah. The gods must be crazy. It's a movie from the early 80s-ish. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and then Four Non-Bugs, which is a reference to a 90s band, Four Non-Blondes, and I can't pass up a 90s band reference. Mm-mm. There's that. Mm-mm. All Linda right. Perry's voice. Yeah, man. She's, God, she's so good. It's like having a nice warm bath. Yeah. Bathe in her voice. I, four Non-Blondes. Slosh it up in your armpits. <laughs> four Non-Blondes is known for that one song, What's Going On, or, yeah. Is that what it's called? What's, What's Going On? What's Going On. Um... But Linda Perry is actually. Said, hey yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> hey yeah yeah. Yeah. I said hey. Oh. What's going on? Okay. Uh, Linda Perry is actually incredibly talented. She wrote. She has written a bunch of songs that you all, I'm sure, know. Uh, she's she wrote some songs for Pink. Um, she also recorded this amazing duet with Grace Slick from just Jefferson airplane. Um, if you, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but just go look up Linda Perry and Grace Slick. I'm telling you, you will want to listen to it in the semi-darkness in your house yeah. while you do a little sway dance. Yeah. And her, I mean, her solo stuff just in general is quite lovely as yes. well. So yes. yes, Linda Perry hit it up. Um, all right. So we open in, uh, the car and the family is driving to go bowling and Bob is mad. Um, they can tell this because his mustache is twitching like a weird little dog having a dream. Must a nightmare. A nightmare. Love, love that description. Yes, because it's really true. Um, Bob is angry because he is not on the best burgers on the shore list that came out, um, in a local newspaper recently. And he's blaming it on the fact that all of the other restaurants that made it are trendy and they all have sweet potato fries and he just doesn't get them because they're too sweet and they're stupid. Are sweet potato fries still trendy? That was my note. Because they have been around for a really, really long time. Um, I know there are a few places that serve them. I don't think they're as trendy as they used to be. I was never a huge fan. They're very limp. 
I love them, but given the choice, I will almost always go for regular fries. But I love French fries so much. I know. And and I have, um, if French fries are done right for me, there is nothing in the world. I'm, like, I can't stop eating them. So I was trying to remember, you, you made your matrix of starches. Yes. And I can't remember, I remember that rice was at the bottom. No, I love rice. Oh, so rice is at the top. Yeah, I, I'd say it probably goes um, pasta. Uh-huh. Um, rice and bread are pretty even, so they're uh-huh. probably uh-huh. right underneath it. Um, I, I love mashed potatoes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I love a baked potato, especially if you put all the accoutrement in it. Um, just French fries are very low on the list for me because yeah. they're just, they can be so unsatisfying. Like steak fries can go fuck themselves. I agree with that. Um, let's talk about fries. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's relevant. I have a list of foods that if I found out, you know, that I could eat whatever I wanted for whatever reason, I had a terminal disease, the world was going to end, whatever. I have a list of foods that Those I would are the just, two reasons. <laughs> I mean... It's fine. And the thing is, I can eat whatever I want in moderation. I'm not that person. But I'm saying like every day as much as I want. Right. And fries are so on that list. I won't actually let myself start eating fries because I can't stop eating fries. That's how I am about, usually about pasta. Rice can be that way too. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you though. If you put a really, really good mashed potato in front of me, I could just like and see, they build the devil's tower out of it and then eat the devil's tower and it would be great. I don't have, I mean, they're fine, but I'm just the opposite. Like yeah. if they're really, really good, I'm into it, but I, there has to be something else involved. Yeah. But we, fries, uh, I can literally just order fries as my meal and oh, be totally happy. Elliot and his roommate, Alex and I had a, Elliot is Brittany's son, had a passionate, um, love story conversation about, uh, baked potatoes. I told them about one potato too. Yes. They, the reason it came up is they had just realized that Wendy's has baked potatoes on their menu and they are fucking over the moon about it. I do love a baked potato, Oh man! but I'm still going to do fries above any other but I still, potato I rem- preparation. I remember when we would go to One Potato too. I always got um, the sour cream and chive, and you always got uh, bacon bits in yours. Did, which is weird, because I don't really like bacon nowadays. Uh, well, I think you like it. You just can't have it. No, I don't. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, okay. it's, it's one of those... It's, it's like, why are people so excited about bacon? I don't get it. Because it's delicious. Uh, whatever. Uh, does One Potato put 2 still exist? Not that I'm aware of. Mm. That was a, it was a weird time period in the 80s where everybody was into baked potatoes for some reason. <laughs> well, they thought they were healthy. And that's the reason why Wendy's has that on their menu. That's when yeah. they added it to their yeah. menu. So I mean, to be clear, not that they're not healthy. I'm saying like there was this whole belief that if you ate baked potatoes like that it was like the salad of of that time period it was like the thing that you wanted to eat you guys just eat food that's good for you and in, in moderation in decent and portions. even food that isn't good for you eat it in moderation you're you'll be fine none of, none of these. are we done with fries we're done with fries all right so um anyway they're too sweet and they're stupid 
Um, so they get to the bowling alley and um, as they're putting on their shoes and uh, Tina finds a used tissue in her shoe, which causes me great distress. And that drawing of where they're sitting is so accurate because oh, there's yeah. just like shit underneath the, yeah. like just the floor is dirty yeah. and the, it's in fact, so good. Later on in the episode, there's another environment that they're in, which is the radio station. Yeah. And it, I was like, that is so fucking spot on. Yeah. I don't even know. Details, how you guys. So important. Um, so they're putting on their shoes and they have an announcer at the uh, bowling alley that's telling them that their lane is ready. And it turns out um, that it's Clem Clemens, um, who used to be on WIXU. Uh, and Bob recognizes his voice because he loved that, and he would listen to that uh, his show when the restaurant first opened, when Bob's Burgers first opened. Uh, Clem Clemens is voiced by Nick Offerman, of course. Of course. Can I say one thing? Um, yes. When they show the flashback of Bob listening to Clem Clemens when the restaurant first opened. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, the song that's playing in the background is the song from the credits of Tina Witch. I swear to God it is. I'll have to go back and check it out. It it starts with like this kind of laugh. It's like the the witchy, witchy, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. you listen to it. I I rewound it and listened to it a couple of times and I couldn't really tell, but I swear it is. I want to know if there's some sort of hidden message in the uh, call numbers for the the radio stations that are mentioned in here. Yeah, WIXU and the other one that they talk about later on is W. What is that? Oh, I'll get to it. I wrote it down. Anyway, so um, Bob is completely starstruck and and wants to go talk to Clem Clemens, and as he gets up to walk away. Jean yells out to him, have you done something different to your butt (laughs) or with your butt? Um, So he goes up and he starts talking to Clem and the family joins him and turns out that Clem is working at a bowling alley because uh, the radio station, WIXU, moved to a DJ-less format called The Tude. And they have a pre-recorded DJ that's called Eddie Tude. Mm -hmm. And um, basically they play terrible music and it's just terrible in general and which is a real thing that's happening yeah with radio now. it is i it was it was interesting i i stopped at one point during this episode and turned to chris and said is this a is this an actual um uh parody of something or are they just commenting on the fact that radio is kind of a a, a dead medium at this point mm-hmm. it's just become this um automated mm-hmm. sort of thing um and i think it's the latter but the um Oh, okay. So the other radio station is WOFD. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he's he was let go not only for the automation, but because he played whatever he wanted and um, talked too much is basically mm-hmm. what the radio station said about him. So uh, he was offered a job with WOFD, which is like a 40-watt lame station, and then he just ended up at the bowling alley. And, and Bob is inspired by being able to talk to him. Um He's, he's appalled at the fact that he has been let go from the radio station because he had such fond memories of listening to Clem. And uh, so um, it, it's interesting because what, what I first came, what first came to mind when I was listening to him and the, the quote-unquote antics and the you want things to be raw and not overproduced and everything was, um, do you remember, um, obviously you don't remember because you weren't alive at the time, but there was a, um, 
something that happened in Chicago called the Disco Demolition Night. Yeah. That's what it made me think of. So that shock jock era yeah. of, and we're talking before Howard Stern, mm-hmm. um, in Chicago, it was in the late 70s and disco had become very, very popular and people who were really into rock music just were, they just hated it. They wanted disco to die. Can't you be into both? Because I am. I, that's what I say too. So what they did um, as a promotional stunt for a, a baseball game, I think it was the White Sox. Is that, is that Chicago? I have no idea. Uh, I feel like, yes. Okay. Anyway, it was a, it was a baseball. I think Red Sox is Boston. Yeah. Yes, I know yeah. that for a fact. Yeah. Uh, because I worked with a lot of Bostonians. Hey, Salem, Massachusetts folks, why don't you tell us <laughs> that's true? Um, but uh, Wait, wait. What? But Bob is into both rock and disco. I, I know. Sorry, I need to go back to that. I know, I'm not saying that this no, is... No, no, I'm just saying, I, I'm making a connection. See how oh, I'm doing that? Because I, I, I said I'm into both, but it just occurs to me that he's into both. There's, there's, Bob's um, a good guy. Cause, cause you know, the flashback and, and the fact that he listens to Clem Clemens shows that he's into rock Mm -hmm. and, uh, in Xanity, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Zentipede, which actually there's a poster for it. I wrote that down. It's the only one that you can actually read the writing on it. And I was like, okay, I know what this is. (laughs) Uh, and Chris, sorry, Chris pointed out on that poster, they actually use the font that Iron Maiden uses. Oh, sweet. Isn't that fantastic? So he's way into that. Um, you find out in the Laserinth. Um, but he's also, he also loves Donna Summer, as you find out mm-hmm. in uh, Dawn of the Peck. So I'm sorry, just a connection there. You can love both. Yeah. And you know what? I said that Bob's a good person for liking both, but it's okay if you only like one or the other. Just it's don't true. be a dick about it. Well, but the thing about it is, don't just dislike one or the other because you like one or the other. Think about it. Give it a chance. If you, if you actually dislike one or the other, great. But it is not required to dislike one or the other. Go on. Disco uh, demolition. All right. So what happened? I just looked it up. Um... Disco sparked a backlash from rock music fans. Uh, yes, White Sox. Yes. Seeking Good to job. Fill, seeking to fill seats at... Oh, my God. I'm going to say this wrong. Comiskey? Com- Comiskey. Comiskey. Comiskey Park. During a lackluster season, they engaged Ch- Chicago shock rock and anti-disco campaigner Steve Dahl for the promotion of the July 12th doubleheader. So basically what they said was, you get a discounted entrance to the park for the game if you bring a disco record that they would then blow up during, I don't know, the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. Is there a mm-hmm. middle of the game in baseball? <laughs> I have no fucking There's idea. There's the middle of anything. <laughs> so anyway, and what happened was, um, when I say this whole raw thing and it could get out of control... They, they blew up the records. Yeah. It damaged the field so badly mm-hmm. that the White Sox had to forfeit. Yeah. And fans of rock music just started pouring onto the field. Yep. And just, it was like a riot. Yep. And there's footage. What did they think was going to happen if I they know. blew shit up in the middle Dude, of this a is one of my professional f- sports arena? This is one of my fucking favorite stories <laughs> in the entire world. Because I was like, yeah, don't blow up disco because look what happens. Yeah. Just be nice about things. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> anyway, so, so Bob, um, 
The next day they're back at the restaurant and he's pondering this, this whole um, experience that he had had with, uh, with Clem. And uh, he's, so Bob has uh, asked Linda to order some sweet potatoes because he's like, fine, I want to be on one of these lists. I care because it'll bring in um, business. So we're going to put sweet potato fries on the menu. So Teddy comes in and he asks for sweet potato fries and Bob just can't take this. He's like, why don't you like regular fries? What if yogurt is trendy? Do you want yogurt fries? I would try yogurt fries. Yeah. And, and Teddy is confused and pissed. And I love that because he's like, why are you trying to give me yogurt fries? I think it's fantastic. Would you try yogurt fries? Oh, absolutely. I would try anything once. Sure. But I feel sure. like yogurt fries wouldn't be that bad. It doesn't sound bad. It Mm-mm. sounds woofwashing. Woofwashing. Mm-hmm. Um, woofwashing. Um, so uh, Bob is just, you know, kind of fed up with this idea of everything moving on into this trendy, um, less authentic from his perspective world where you have sweet potato fries and you don't have Clem Clemens. So yeah. he he's like, I'm going to take food to Clem. I'm going to take him lunch, um, except he says bring him lunch, which pisses me off because it's take. Um, the kids go with him to try and calm him down, according to Linda, but they just want to see how bad he loses it. And uh, so he goes and he starts talking to Clem again. Clem loves the burger, and they just decide they want to get Clem his job back. They're going to go down to the radio station to WI, whatever it is. And I love that Bob dressed up. I know it's for adorable. his confrontation. So I mean, he puts he's, on a button-up shirt. He's inspired the day of, but he can't go down there to to talk to the radio station. So he has to wait until the next day, um, and he's all dressed up. So um, and the kids are all fired up too, and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to do this!" And then Jean goes, "What's radio again?" Which is, I mean, <laughs> right there. <laughs> there do it is. Do you remember? Do you remember when radio was sort of rad? I do. We used to listen to, um, on the way to school, elementary school in Southern California, we would listen to, um, fucking, what was it called? Oh, I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Dr. Demento. Dr. Demento is what they would play. Thank you. But, um, there, I, I think, and, and this is going to come off like, you know, in my day kind of a thing, in my day. but I really don't mean it this way. I, I mean this, neat. <laughs> I mean this genuinely for those people who did not grow up in an era when radio was the medium where you got, you know, your information and you got your new songs, you got your traffic and yeah. you got your weather yeah. and everything. You kind of don't know the magic of radio uh, clearly but the, the the thing about it is that it wasn't instant back then nothing was instant if you wanted something right. you had to wait for it so there was this and i it is well known by anyone who knows me well that was an interesting sentence but that i am great obsessed with delayed gratification. My favorite thing about anything I'm excited about is waiting for that thing. Yeah, me too. Once it happens, whatever. For me, um, the, the ultimate of the Christmas season is Christmas Eve. Yes. Once we're past Christmas Eve, I mean, yeah, it's great. I love having my family Mm -hmm. there and everything, but 
Um, actually, it's not no. The same. Take that back. Once we're past opening the stocking yeah. stuffers, then I'm yeah. like, ah, fuck it. It's the so. anticipation, you know. And that's what was so magical about radio was there was that song that you desperately wanted to hear or that DJ that you wanted to listen to and you had to wait for them to come on shift Mm -hmm. or, you know, that feature that you really loved and you had to wait for it to come up. Um, I remember when we were kids, our brother Rob became obsessed with the song Heart and Soul by Tapau. Tapau, which is <laughs> look it up if you don't know it. It's named after a a, a uh, Vulcan character, yeah. you guys. <laughs> it's a really good song from the eighties, but he was so obsessed with it that he would, and this was something that we older people did. We would get tapes, cassette tapes, and we would tape the radio so yeah. that we would have the song that we wanted. And how infuriating was it when the uh, DJ would talk over yes. the opening? Yes. Fucking shut up. Yeah. But he became so obsessed with this song that he uh, made it his life's work to record it Every time it came on the radio, it wasn't good enough to have it once and listen to it over and over again. No, he had to record it every time it came on the radio. So Rob is obsessive compulsive as well. Well, maybe, or maybe that was just his way of expressing his love for this particular, anyway, fucking stick it to the man. (laughs) The point is that. I'm I'm actually a little sad for people who who don't because because yeah. thinking like, back on that it's it, it really was kind of this really cool even uh, today because uh, a lot of really amazing television shows are uh, released in binge packages yeah I mean yeah like so for example Game of Thrones in its last season I don't watch it but um I know a lot of people who are just extremely passionate about it and they had to wait a fucking long time Yeah wasn't it like this, a year It was a year and a half yeah. I think they had to wait for for this this it's latest kind of the season same, Yeah right? so that's the anticipation but they don't have to wait from week to week for the episodes to, they can just Yeah they do Oh wait that's HBO that's mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so things that are released on say Netflix mm-hmm. they can just give us so mm-hmm. so you guys know what it's like you kind, game of thrones folks of, yeah but this was kind of like this yeah i mean it, it's similar but it was like this community kind of which is similar with game which of thrones is where but where you get the water cooler reference mm-hmm. so people would watch they would wait all week to watch something watch it and then the next day at work they would when they were having social time yeah. they would like going to the water cooler they would talk about that program yeah. the programs anyway so radio was amazing yes and i miss it um so but along those lines that's what what bob is hearkening back to is this idea and of we're back. Pure and raw is how he put, puts it versus trendy and not raw mm-hmm. so he wants things that are um that are just very uh, they're more visceral. They're they're authentic, not something that's like, ooh, now I'm an influencer and you're going to eat these fries. So yeah. all that kind of stuff. So not that there's anything wrong with influencers. I'm an influencer you do your thing. And you're going to eat these fries. They're fucking putting you in a headlock and waterboarding you with fries. Mm-hmm. Uh, fry boarding you. Anyway, uh, so I just want to point out in when we cut to the next scene in the restaurant. The name of the burger in the background is the Fleetwood Jack Burger, 
and it comes with sweet little fries, <laughs> which is crossed out, and it then says pies, because Linda is now going to make the sweet potatoes into pies instead of mm-hmm. uh, fries, because she needs to use up all of the sweet potatoes that she's gotten. Um, it also comes with jack cheese. And I had to explain the reference to Chris, because... I mean, he knew the song once I sang it to him, but uh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac did a song called Sweet Little Lies. Which I love. Yes, me too. Great song. So, anyway, I loved that. Another Fleetwood Mac reference. I love how into Fleetwood Mac the writers are. Mm-hmm. So um, Bob and the kids go down to the station with Clem. Bob is all dressed up in his snazzy, neat shirt. Um, it's got buttons. And his swank pants, or I don't know. Uh, and he basically screws up his plea to the station manager, Vance, uh, because he uh, hasn't prepared what he's going to say, and he eventually breaks into song. They don't show this. They just cut to him being kicked out of the office because it's not good what mm-hmm. he's trying to say mm-hmm. to to Vance. Um, they notice that the booth is, I mean, it's empty because it's an automated DJ, and uh, they they want to go in and take a look before they leave the station. So they all go in there and they're looking at the chair and they're looking at all of the, like the microphones and all of the things. And it turns out that Patrick, the engineer, is still there, the person who used to work with Clem, um, who, and Patrick is voiced by Ron Funches, who's done prior voices and mm-hmm. whom I, I have such affection for Ron Funches. Um, so they start talking to Patrick about what it's like for him to be working there with a, a, a not real DJ, and we we get a uh, Jean's uh, friend Ken reference here. <laughs> I wrote down Ken is back, yay! yay. <laughs> um, basically, uh, Patrick is talking about how Eddie Tude is successful but imaginary, and that's how Louise describes him. And she says, like just like Jean's friend Ken. <laughs> Jean says, yeah, hey. <laughs> So once again, we're not quite sure if Ken is he real real or not. We don't know. So as they're looking around, a little light bulb goes off over Clem's head. And uh, while Bob and the kids are distracted, taking pictures of Bob sitting in the DJ chair and pretending he's saying something interesting on the microphone. And also there's a squeaky dog toy in the background. Sorry, guys. It's real life. It's his house, too. It is. It is. Um, so while the, Bob and the kids are distracted, Clem goes out into the, uh, I don't know if it's like an alcove or an en- entryway to the booth and he closes the door and starts pushing furniture in front of it. So basically what, what Clem's plan is, um, radio piracy. So he's just going to take over the airwaves. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. So he just starts, um, being a live DJ again. Well, first he allows the kids to make fart sounds. Yes. While he has a conversation with Bob. I've I've written this whole... um, So here's where I noted that the radio station is perfection. So way, 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 way back in the day when we were young, my father actually was a DJ. (gasps) I wrote down, do you remember when dad was a DJ? So my father was a DJ for a country station in a small town. Well, it was country and light hits. Yes. Because he was obsessed with the song Captain of Her Heart. Which for the longest time I thought yeah. was Captain and Tennille, probably because the song had 
captain, captain in it. Yeah. And it, it's not. I can't remember what the name of the band is, but um, he was obsessed with it, and they would play that song on that radio station. And he was so obsessed with it that this was back when uh, they still used reel-to-reel like, this is how yeah. long ago my our, our father was a DJ. I remember being in that station and just being absolutely fascinated. Yeah. And they would set up, they had, they had all of the songs that they were going to play for each block, and they would set up all the reel-to-reels so that the DJ could just talk in between each and then just hit the button to play the next. And... Our father was so obsessed with the song Captain of Her Heart that it played once when he was uh, working one of the night shifts. And he was like, no one's going to notice because it's overnight. Yeah. So he went in and he explained to me how he did it, but I'm not going to get into all of that. But somehow he rejiggered the system so that it went through and it uh, like two songs later just played Captain of Her Heart again so that he could hear it again. It it was like a really primitive version of repeat, you guys. (laughs) Or when you would hit rewind on your cassette tapes and it would find the end of the song and be like, yes. there you go again. Anyway, sorry. I remember being obsessed with songs when we were in the like late 80s, early 90s, and I would take my cassette tape and I would just record the entire cassette back to back that same that song. That one song. So I could just listen to it over yeah. and over again. Until it record. lost all meaning and structure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you were just like delirious on yeah. the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. This entire thing is in my day. <laughs> it's fascinating. All right. I, maybe it's not. Anyway, so the kids, um, but sorry, the radio station. Yes. I remember going in there and thinking, oh, this is what a radio station looked like. And then in, into the one that the dad was working in. Worked at. And then I, um, later on in my life, I was like, no, surely it didn't look like that in all radio stations Mm -hmm. because we were in a small town. And then I realized, um, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Unless you were in a super, super high and pricey owned like mega love. Like, like Howard Stern. Right. That's not, but we're talking like terrestrial radio. Yes. The drawing of the radio station on this episode is fully accurate except for the, uh, Radio station where our father worked because I it was the eighties was just like brown. Yeah, it was just like brown was, and tan. And it was like in it was in like it was partially in a trailer. Yeah. And anyway, so basically, what's going on in the episode at this point is basically there's this. It's only a few minutes, but it's this beautiful chaotic back and forth between the kids. And Clem on the live microphone, Patrick chiming in occasionally from the engineer booth, Vance and the security guard trying to get into the booth, and then Bob freaking out that they're doing something illegal. And uh, they just go um, all around. Uh, The kids each introduce themselves. Um, Gene is... so. Just a point, Gene makes two penis references in this episode, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bob follows both of them up with Gene, like he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene introduce him, introduces himself as the boy with the golden voice and ding dong. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to skip Tina for the time being. 
Louise introduces herself as a pillar of fire with hammer hands because how are you going to know she's on the radio? I love it so much. I had to back that up twice to make sure that I was hearing her correctly. Well, and I think that's what's wonderful is that the fact that the kids are not very familiar with this... uh, I love the term terrestrial radio mm-hmm. and the fact that it's she, what it is. she has, I know, but she has found the magic in mm-hmm. being behind a microphone, yep. uh, which, which brings me to, to Tina who had the most realistic reaction in a way that I related to when I first started doing this podcast. It was, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Sup. <laughs> That's basically how I approached it. I was freaking out like the whole time. But do you remember the first time that we sat in front of microphones and we were actually like anxious about what we were going to say and how we were going to say it? Ah, fuck it. It's (laughs) so not that way. I know. So um, anyway, so the, the chaos of it continues into the kids requesting sound effects. Clem is not a sound effects kind of a guy. The dog just laid down. Yep. Um, but he's like, Hey, what the hell? Uh, he plays all of the things that, uh, Jean and Louise have requested. So slide whistle, um, zapping sound, all of that. And he adds a few at the end and Jean is, um, effusive and amazed that he went from crying baby into sad trombone. And what is he? Mozart's. I love the fact that Jean is able to appreciate that given his, uh, so good musical background um so eventually the good times come to an end because louise has to pee mm-hmm. and it's sort that of that would be you yeah tiny I w- little bladder dude i'd always hydrated i'd fucking always hydrated fucking bitch do you i honestly have like you said disdain. it with such no such seriously contempt. i have disdain for people who are hydrated and i know let me be clear i know that that's insane i'm aware of that yeah. but i get so because You're i am weird. so on the verge of of utter she's, dehydration she's so and, desiccated you guys she's gonna go seriously i'm just like dusty all the time <laughs> that that i feel like when I'm on a trip with somebody or something and they have to stop and use the restroom, it makes me angry. You, you combined with Mark and me at Disneyland <laughs> must yeah. be the most frustrating experience for you because it one of us or the is. other has to pee at any given yes. moment. And I have... We're your twin children. More than <laughs> once gone on long road trips. I remember one time I went on a road trip from Salt Lake City to Seattle where we drove straight through. And I want to say that's what, 11 hours, yes, 11, it's, it's, 11 it's about 12? a half a day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, half straight. a day. Oh yes. Sorry. Half. A, sorry. <laughs> yes. Half of 24 hours. 12 hours is half um, of a day. <laughs> I did that entire trip to Seattle and back and I didn't pee the entire time. That's unhealthy. I know. And that's what everybody tells me. And I'm aware of that. And I know that logically but at the same time, I get angry when people are like, it's such a waste of time to go pee. Oh, my God. 
I'm sorry. I'm anyway, sorry. So, so, Lu- so Louise ruins it because she's hydrated. No, no. You know what? I wouldn't ruin it. I would pee in the corner. It's I wouldn't true. even tell anybody. I'd be like, there's a garbage can. Fucking pee. It's true. Like later on when she can't find the bathroom and tries to pee in a cup. Mm-hmm. That's kind of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Misses. So anyway, um, they have to let her out. They try to negotiate with Vance and the security guard saying, okay, we're going to let the little girl out, but you can't try to push in, which is totally stupid. Of course, they're going to try to push in. Yeah. And they do. Mm-hmm. And so they're kicked out into the parking lot. And so uh, Clem and uh, Bob and the kids are all standing there. And Bob realizes um, that the Tudemobile, is that what it's called? Yeah, I, that good thing. enough. Anyway, it's, it's basically um, every radio station has one where they can either remote broadcast or they can um, do like, I don't know, like. Events. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Events. Um, and Bob remembers Clem mentioning that it used to be used for remote broadcast. So he's like, let's, let's take the van. Do we have keys? Suddenly there's Patrick who got fired because he was associated with the shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And so they, they take the Tude van and they are trying to find a spot to stop and broadcast. And Gene spots a restaurant that Bob recognizes as one of the restaurants from the uh, best burgers on the shore list. And it's called Heat and Heifer, mm-hmm. which is perfect because it's spelled Heat plus Heifer, which is so trendy restaurant. Yeah. Super oh, yeah. trendy restaurant. Yeah. Can I just um, side road? Absolutely. Always. <laughs> this is the episode where we take the longest side roads. Fine, I can edit. Uh, do you know what this part reminded me of? No. With the van and all of that? No. Do you remember the 1990 Christian Slater vehicle? Oh, Glee. Nope. No. Pump up the volume. Oh, yes. No, pump up the volume. I do. I remember that. Yeah, yes. where he has a pirate radio... And at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, <laughs> he uh, is found out. So they... Maybe that's what they're referencing. They jump into a van and they're driving around so that they can continue to broadcast while they're being pursued by the FCC. Oh my God. They are totally referencing Pump Up the Jam in this episode. Pump Up the Volume. Pump Up, pump up the, the Jam. Pump Up the Jam is <laughs> a, a CNC Music Factory song. <laughs> Also amazing. You get all the 90s references in this episode. Here's the thing, though. When I was re-watching this to put my... And I thought of it the first time, but when I was re-watching it to put in my notes, I really started thinking about it. And uh, Pump Up the Volume, I don't think was a really super uh, mainstream movie. I don't think... It wasn't like a cult movie, but I don't think that it was really popular. Which, surprisingly enough, Gleaming the Cube was, and I didn't realize that either. A cult movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people were obsessed with it. Anyway, go ahead. But I'm not sure how many people would have seen Pump Up the Volume. Um, But I really started thinking about it, and and I loved that movie. And... um, I was not, and I think Brittany will back me up on this. I was not a person who was really into like heartthrobs and I was into more like unusual Mm -hmm. people. People Um, who made you laugh. Like Ringo was always the Beatle that I was into as opposed to the, you know, Paul or John who everybody else was into. I always liked the quiet Beatle. George. Yes. Yes. Um, Anyway, but in Pump Up the Volume... Christian Slater up the jam was such a smoke show. <laughs> I can't. 
and oh and God. here is the re- and I thought really hard about this. Such, I thought a lot about this. Such a smoke show. Hold on. Jen's thought a lot about Christian Slater. I uh, Christian Slater is not my thing. Like, but in like this movie, other movies he was he in, was he thing. was not my thing. Yeah. But in this movie, he was. And I thought a lot about it I, to figure out why. And it's because in the movie, he is nerd grande mm-hmm. during the day. Mm-hmm. He's way into reading and he's got glasses. Like, it's like totally oh God, like eight. Late 80s, early 90s, I'm a nerd kind of thing going on. Right. But he's kind of like this intellectual kind of guy who's, you know, he he reads Nietzsche and he's, you know, and then he has this. Ooh, Nietzsche. He has this dark side where he's hard hairy when he's on the radio, (laughs) which if you think about (laughs) Jen in the, in the 90s when I would have been a teenager. Totally. Totally the dude I would have been into. Right up your alley. 100% 100% the dude I would have been into. I would want to talk Total about like the artistic show. merits of Taxi Driver, but also I would, you know, want to, you know, listen to ridiculous music and ha- and have him say Fs. <laughs> have him say Fs. Hey, Hard Harry, will you say the fuck words? It Do makes you know me happy. Saying, no, I get it. I totally get it. I'm like, not mocking you. I super just, smart, but also kind of dark. Yeah, yeah. Was totally my thing. Uh, anyway, smoke show. <laughs> smoke show. Go watch the movie. I'm telling you. I, I don't know if it ages well. I haven't. I, I probably. Jen, we've recommended far worse movies for people to watch. <laughs> the last time I saw that movie, I think I, I was a teenager, though. So I have no idea yeah. if it's a good movie or not. I will say this. It has a wave of mutilation by the mm, pixies in it. And song. it's the, um, the, the slower, I can't yeah. remember what the mix is called, but it's the slower version mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is so much better than the original version. Yeah. I mean, the original version is great, but, um, and it's played when he was, when he's walking home from school and the way that they, in my mind, <laughs> It could be terrible when I go back to watch it, but the cinematography and the way that they used the song and then him walking along and everything is just, just, oh, I'm just so going to call it pump up the jam from now on. I'm okay. going to say it just like that. Jam. Anyway. Uh, Pixies rule. It's true. Okay. Um, uh, smoke show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, go on. You just let me know. I can edit this whole thing. No. Fucking leave it in. In fact, you know what? I'm just going to edit this entire episode. It's just going to be... It's just going to be me going... Okay. So, uh... So, they are broadcasting from outside this um, restaurant, and basically their plan is to give Bob's cell phone out on the air so that fans can call in to his cell phone and talk about how much they miss Clem. And it turns out the only calls they're getting are from Vance at the radio station, and then he gets an automated um, spam call uh, while they're still on the air. And then the toot eventually takes back over. Oh, wait. Linda before. Calls so this, this is where it gets a little confusing, because I was trying to save the B story, but part of the B story is that Linda hears, uh, finds out that Bob is, um, has basically hijacked this radio station, 
um, and she's trying to find him with Teddy. And the way she finds out about it is that, um, is he rollerblading or roller skating guy? He's roller skates. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what Chris speculated too. So roller skating guy shows up with his boom box and says, hey, Bob's on the radio. And so they get the clue that this is going on. And then as a roller skating guy is leaving, he's really bummed that nobody said anything about his new haircut, which I, my heart breaks when he says mm-hmm. that. Nobody said anything about my new haircut. Haven't we all been there? So um, Linda calls into Bob's cell phone and they're still on the air at the time. And she basically tells him, Bob, you have to stop worrying about things being trendy. You've got the people who really, really love you and they're always going to be there for you and they know your food is good and they're going to come in and they are loyal. So stop trying to like shut down trendy things. It's just going to happen. And it's this beautiful speech that doesn't sound anything like what I just said because it was lame. (laughs) So I was motivated by it. Excellent. So at that point, um, the the tood uh, basically locks them down again and, and and kicks them out and they can no longer broadcast um and uh at that point suddenly bob's phone starts to blow up and it's people calling in saying hey we want clem back we don't like this other radio station it sucks and then womd calls uh, and says hey we made you an offer before we still want you here and Clem, being a stand-up guy, says, I will take it if you hire Patrick to be your engineer. And it's the midnight to 8 a.m. shift, which Patrick points out is when he does his sleeping. But hey, they yep. have their jobs back. Yep. So that's wonderful. I would totally do a midnight to 8 a.m. Because it, it speaks to the part of me that wants to get out there and put myself out there, but, but also it's doesn't a limited want anyone audience. to listen. Yeah. <laughs> so here's where I went. When Patrick said it's when I do my sleeping, I immediately thought to this latest, the last Ragnar we did last year where we were van two. Ragnar is a, a relay race. And basically you have two vans and you just continue to hand off runner after runner. There's 12 total unless you're an extreme team and then there's only six. And you have certain legs that you run. Um, and it happens nonstop. Like you, you basically don't sleep. Mm -hmm. You just, you're running all night. You get a half an hour. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and we were usually in van one, which means the night legs were usually from like 6 PM to maybe 10 or 11. And then you hand off to van two. And that is a fucked up shit right there because Mm -hmm. Trying to go to sleep before you have to get up in the middle of the night to run in the cold mm-hmm. is just jacked. Yeah. And that's what it makes me think of. Mm-hmm. I can't deal. And I've also worked a swing shift before mm-hmm. where it's the 6 to 12. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. exhausting. Yeah. The thing about... No. It's fine. We're not going to talk no. about Ragnar for an hour. <laughs> no. So I have lots to say about Ragnar. Maybe we'll do a Ragnar podcast. Fine. Who knows? Um, anyway, so that's how the A story winds up. Anything else to say about that? No, I I actually said all my notes as we went. Perfect. The B story is very straightforward. It's the fact that, and I referenced it before, Linda is trying to use up the sweet potatoes. And so she decides she's going to make them into pies. These pies are terrible Mm -hmm. because she has not put most of the spices, nor has she put additional sugar into them. So she and Teddy, this is so me. I'm, I'm going to be clear that it, <laughs> I don't cook. 
I've talked about this multiple times. I open eggs. I don't crack them. I don't understand cracking eggs. You open them. Anyway, um, I do not cook. I and to me, under- the fact that it is called a sweet potato, if I looked at it, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to put any additional sugar in because it's a sweet potato. That I, is so relatable. Jen, you're a writer, for God's sake. You know I, not everything is literal. No, and I, I get that. But to me... There's a reason why I have to follow every instruction and every recipe it. to a T, mm-hmm. because if you leave it to any interpretation, you're going to end up with the pies like Linda made. Oh my made. God. I want to see you on the Great British Baking Show so bad. That would be just... That middle one where they only give you like yes. two... Because I would be I would fucked. wet my pants, cry, and throw up. Like that time you had that dream that you were on Project Runway, but you didn't really know how to sew? Yes. Yeah. So, um... But uh, it is also very relatable for me because I am very much a texture person. And I wonder if the reason why... So the gist of it is the uh, Linda and Teddy cannot stand these pies, but they keep eating them. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out why. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can go back to is that there's a pleasing texture to it, which I've eaten things that are not incredible Mm-hmm. But I keep eating them mm-hmm. because the texture is so pleasing. But have you ever eaten something that at first you were like, this is kind of... And, and then, then it, as you keep going, you're like, I don't know why, but I'm compelled to keep eating this. Yeah. I can't give you a specific example, but I know I've done this. Yeah, I feel I know like... I have. I feel like I probably have too. But so the fact that they, they use this as the B story is so charming to me because they just keep eating. Mm-hmm. Like at the point where they say... Um, oh, we have to go rescue Bob and the kids. So they jump into Teddy's car or into his truck. And Linda goes, oh, Teddy, you brought the pie? And he's like, I thought it would taste better in the truck. And then he has a fork in his glove compartment. Because of course he does. Yes. So they want to eat it there. And it's just basically a glove compartment fork. I have that written down here. It's amazing. (laughs) But um, one of the things that Linda says is, you know, that they were like, um, they were like jazz, but they were pies. Uh, when she says she doesn't have any of the the spices or anything, yeah. Um, sometimes jazz is awful. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, it is. I'm gonna lay it out there. For I mean, you. certain kinds of jazz. Yeah. yeah. So, just saying. So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. That is it, and it's interwoven with the other one because they are basically trying to track down Bob and the kids. Um, but it's it's just amazing because they just keep eating it. They they say mm, oh. And then you see them reaching for another bite as they're doing it. Yeah. I mean, they're gagging, but continuing to eat it. And you notice that uh, before they get into the truck, they're in the cafe and they have the pies on the counter and there's a can of, you know, ready whip. uh, Like the whipped cream. Yeah. the, Yeah. The whipped cream that's in the can. And my thought was, why don't you just pile it with whipped cream because then in That's essence sugar you just in it. added the sugar yeah, yeah but you never actually see them use the whipped cream and that's fine you know they end Which up is, eating them anyway it's but. funny because excuse me because i am typically um sweet potato pie is very similar in flavor and texture to a, a pumpkin pie mm-hmm. i tend to not love whipped cream on my pumpkin pie i just like the straight up Pumpkin Ugh. pie. Who are you? Ugh. Ugh. I God. want more. I want a greater ratio of whipped cream to pie in that case. And here's the thing: when it comes to cake, I am a cake person. Mm-hmm. I want. I don't want All tons the frosting, of frosting. Right. 
I just, I want more cake. But I think in, in the case of pie, it's opposite. I want more of whatever it's topped with. Mm, I don't. And I just want it accented with the pie. No, I just, I am all about the straight up pie. Yeah. Yeah. You and I, we're going to dance. <laughs> Um, That's what I, my father used to say when people would get in. Get, yes. like, we're gonna we're gonna fight. Um, we're gonna tussle, Jen. I did love the fact that they in this episode they allowed the B story to be truly B, mm-hmm. and they only jumped to it, you know, very briefly, but then managed to bring it into the A story. Yeah. I respected that because if they had tried to force it too much, it. There was there wasn't enough to work with there. Yeah. So the way they did it was pretty masterful. I I also it, it reminded me a lot of the episode where the B story was Linda trying to get Teddy to like sushi. Mm-hmm. It was that same kind of pure one or two note. Um, I'm telling you, Linda and Teddy together are magical. They really are magical. They really are. They play off of each other's strengths and weaknesses very well. Yeah. Um. The other thing about this episode that's of note for me is that the first time I watched it, um, I'm just going to go ahead and admit that I really was not into it. Like it didn't hold my attention. I didn't, you know, I I, I thought that it needed more finesse. I I don't know what. But the second time watching it to take notes, I was like, what was I thinking the first? And for me, that's, I actually love it when I do that with, Mm -hmm. with, uh, specifically Bob's episodes. And it, this is not the first one I've done that with. I know you, we've talked about it yeah. before. Um, because it's kind of like you have the, the base of you've watched it. So you don't have to like take in what's happening. Right. You don't have to get this. You can watch all of the little bits yes. and pieces. Yeah. I always you can build the magic on top of it. Minimum. I watch it twice. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Um, and one but is most of them. I just love to begin with. Right. One is for enjoyment. The other is to take notes. And sometimes I'll, I'll watch it a three or four or five mm-hmm. time after that. And this one, I only had time for the two viewings, but it was just, um, I, I think the thing that I, I like the most about when that happens is, um, for me, there, there is, there's this hidden magic to the way that they put together their stories that is actually a very meaty episode, mm-hmm. but on the surface is so straightforward. You don't like meaty? Oh. <laughs> Jen is making a face. And My I dog has gas. The dog just, really all just did, a, did a bit of wind, and, and in the middle of my sentence, sorry. Jen just recoiled. I'm sorry. So. It just hit me like ape scent gloriola. Gloriola. Anyway, I just wanted to say one last thing about the episode. The end credits song um, is uh, a reference to, uh, so he's saying, you, you've got to have regular fries. It is a play on the song Cruel to be Kind by Nick Lowe. Yep. So. Oh my God, we went everywhere. We did it. We, we did went it. all around the world into Salem and back. <laughs> guys, guys, I hope guys, that you came with us. You did. I felt like, I felt really good about it though. I, I felt like, you I know, had, it was natural. I had, a, I had a fucking excellent time. I had, I got to remember Christian Slater like, pump up the volume. Fucking smoke show. Is that what you called him? Oh, I don't even fucking know. He was. He was. Guys, he meanwhile, was. Meanwhile, I was into Will Wheaton. <laughs> so that was Will Wheaton was earlier. 
That's true. Than That's this. true. I was really into um, the the band members uh, from NXS. That was also earlier, though. Uh, I don't know who you were into at this time period, but do you remember? Okay, so the the female lead in Pump Up the Volume yes, was, was Samantha Mathis. Yes, I remember. Do you remember when she was a thing? Yes, I do. She came back for a short time recently. I don't remember. She what. did? I think so. Oh. Anyway, I don't know who I was into at the time period. I think I was really into like Queensryche or some shit. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. Smiling next to you. (laughs) In silent lucidity. And scene. (laughs) Okay, guys. So we have one more episode from season nine to talk about. It is, um, well, as of right now, it's... Season nine hasn't wrapped, but we're the we're Jean almost Mile. we're we're keeping up with it. Yes, the Gene Mile so good was so good. Oh my god! And we're not going to talk about it right now, but there. Oh, it was so I, good. I know, I know. I couldn't get enough of the B story. I could not get enough of I it. I can't. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll be talking about next time. But Where is we my love podcast? you, listener friends. Please don't go anywhere. I promise you I will get Brittany hooked up with Instagram so that you will actually get answers to things. And we will figure out Twitter. <laughs> I don't know how, but we will. Yes. Uh, but we will see you the next time. Yes. Love you very much. So much. And enjoy, enjoy. Wear your neat jackets. Yes, and your swank pants. And goodbye. Goodbye. Mwah. This has been an episode of Pod's Burgers. Our theme song is No Smoking by the Blue Dot Sessions.